0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to Adventures in the Veil, an RPG discussion podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Ross. Sit back and relax by the fire, for there are tales to be told.
1: take an L. I'll have that right out. Welcome to the Mythic Mountains RPG Tavern Cast. I am Ross and I am a admin at our online play club and uh, talk about RPGs and stuff a lot. And I have a bunch of opinions about RPGs. Introduce yourself.
0: Uh, I'm Jake. That's it. That's it. That's, that's the extent of that. <laughs> all
1: right. Cool. We played together two nights ago. No, that was three nights ago. That felt like it was just yesterday. Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, it was almost last week at this point. All right. How have you been? I've been good. Have you done any other uh, RPG stuff since then? Uh,
0: a lot of uh, thinking about RPGs, but I haven't played anything. I've been actually working on uh, homebrewing a Fallout game. That's, that's, that's my, my passion project. Uh, and I, Tell me about Well, it. I know there's like lots of officially uh, released uh, Fallout games, and I've been recommended other games, but whenever I have this vision of a game that I really want to do, I think I'm just going to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just going to go ahead and yeah. do it. Uh, so I'm starting with uh, West End Games Star Wars RPG. Uh, Core like uh, rolled this many d6s, but instead of they're actually like add them up and that total result against the target number or whatever. Instead of that, I'm just doing more of a free leaks. Count the number of sixes you rolled, and that's your successes. Um, so yeah, so the way it is now is like you know Fallout. You pick out your specials, uh, and then that's how many d6s you have in that stat. Uh, and then like weapons are kind of funky because you're gonna add the weapons dice, plus your ability dice, and then you'll also subtract penalties if you have a lot of radiation or whatever. Uh, then eventually you'll finally get your total number, and you'll roll your D6s. And the way I have it now, uh, for 6s are your successes, but if you roll 1s, that's more radiation that you take. So, like the radiation you take goes back up, and then you'll have more penalties and usual rolls. So, I don't know, it's like a little fun passion project of mine.
1: Cool. Awesome. Let's go back. Uh, when? How did you get into this? How would you get into tabletop role-playing games?
0: Well, that would be uh, you, my dear friend. I <laughs> yeah, can't see that, but you just did a little celebration see, dance. <laughs> That's great. That's a good celebration dance there. Uh, he just waved his arms his head, around his head. And it was wonderful. It was beautiful.
1: So, I mean, uh, but why? Like, why? why?
0: Oh, so the pandemic why? happened? That's, that's the first thing. Uh, I was a big wargamer, uh, played a lot of uh, tabletop games, like X-Wing, uh, really getting into of, uh, games like Frostgrave, the tabletop skirmish games, things like that, I guess, I guess not wargames, specifically, specifically, but uh, yeah, lots of tabletop gaming, and uh, RPGs were always kind of like there, but I didn't think I really understood them, like I didn't like get it, like I could see the D&D guys in the back of the room, when they're always playing 5e, and like, Yeah, they have many sometimes, which is cool. (laughs) They don't have them the rest of the time. Like, what are they even doing? Yeah. Uh, But then the pandemic happened and game stores shut down. You can't go out and play with your friends anymore. So I started looking at online options. And uh, they have tabletop simulator, so a lot of guys play X-Wing and other games like that through tabletop simulator. But it just wasn't the same. Uh, Because for me, it's not as much about the game as it is about the socializing with your friends. You You get to roll the dice and have these fun experiences, and then that's all kind of not as much fun when you're online looking at a screen. So, it my hobby kind of died, and it died slowly, but it died. Um, oh man! And uh, yeah. But in that process, you
1: mean you mean your uh, your wargaming hobby? Right,
0: my wargaming hobby, where I was like weekly building lists and playing that kind of armchair game of I wonder if this is going to work against this meta and I wonder if this setup will work and that kind of armchair playing was my hobby but now that's kind of transitioned as uh, I've been introduced to RPGs that same type of armchair shower thoughts about this game is actually more about RPG stuff and how to game design encounters and you know these big set piece boss fights and stuff like that Sometimes they don't work out, but usually they do, and uh, I've had a lot of fun running games on the server. I so thank you for that.
1: Yeah, you mean our um, our play club server, the Mythic Mountains RPG server. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the game for you is actually outside the gameplay session.
0: Yeah, as uh, Kyle Latino on Map Pro says, it's play away from the table. Uh, and I've never heard that. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, the, the shower thoughts is where I get a lot of the joy from, but then I get the most joy when I get it like, share it. It's like, I have concocted this terrible thing. Look at it, bought it, and be it an all. You know, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, no. You hear that voice in the and house, and they're like, Jake, what are you doing in the shower?
0: It may be. RPG stuff. Yeah, it's RPG stuff. It's and it's it's funny because I tried to get my wife to do it, but she's socially awkward as it is, so, like, try to get her to pretend. She's like, that social awkwardness is just expounded upon. And just like, uh, very, yeah. very, uh, she doesn't like it. So that's...
1: The rest of us just call that a feature. Mm. We just do it. We just do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. We just do it anyway. Hey. Tonight, I, uh, I was playing Dungeon Crawl Classics tonight. And I was having a blast because uh, I... Um, well, I'm sorry, Glenn. Escaped a shipwreck that aliens were consuming people's brains, but unfortunately we ended up ashore uh, sh- uh, on the island that the alien spacecraft landed on. And so uh, one of my characters just sort of devolved into Macho Man Randy Savage. And I i, I don't know, that's... that's the other one is the... Uh, um, he's the character from uh, Double Dragon jimmy lee right anyways
0: well i mean like i think that's kind of a thing that happens sometimes we had hulk hogan in our game for a while so <laughs> kind of
1: yeah that was great actually yeah uh,
0: i think it's okay sometimes if you lean into those memes it can be a lot of fun yeah.
1: the internet really delivered on that because when uh, when our friend um, started to uh, started talking in this voice brother like when he started doing that uh, it's early on in 2020. I was like, I just looked it up. I was like, because he was an orc, half orc, in Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Right. And I, I and so I looked up orc Hulk Hogan, and of course the internet provides, and there was like this like orc Hulk Hogan. It was perfect. And from then on, that was Catawan, That was his character.
0: Yeah. I mean. So that's my actually. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say. I, I think that's the. It's okay, though, because his meme was paired with my meme, and then it was just two memes and didn't take the game too seriously. Yeah. Uh,
1: That's what... That, I have really enjoyed that style of play lately. Um, I I know, like, that's common for a lot of groups, but I would say it's not really common for me, actually. Uh, I've taken D&D very seriously, and we've had these really emotional stories and... Uh, these big epic kind of sagas and and stuff like that Um, and uh, in the past year or two i've gotten to enjoy like just having fun and so we have a a game coming up in a couple weeks white star rpg which i'm really excited about and uh, everyone let's see one person is playing a badger one person is playing a squirrel jedi in essence and it's like, yeah, let's do it. I don't know. Um, and that game allows for that as well. But qu- going back, question about: so you come into the hobby, you come into tabletop role-playing games. Uh, what happened? So what happened initially when you, you know, when you started playing
0: online? Uh, well, first I found a couple groups on Facebook of random people, and I'm like, I, I don't know if this is normal, but like. How do you like get in the game? Like, how do you find? Like, how do you do this? Uh, and Facebook was not very helpful. Uh, Facebook gave me a lot of uh, groups where it was pay-to-play over roll twenty, and I didn't have any funding for anything like that. Uh, and like, I guess I could have if I relayed my what I was spending on tabletop miniatures into. Uh, pay-to-play games, but I was really skeptical about that because I don't know people on the internet, you know, I don't know how this works, I just want someone to teach me how to play. Um, So I got on Roll20, Uh, eventually I found out that Facebook was just a middleman, (laughs) on Roll20, found some uh, games advertised on there, and uh, I had some okay experiences, a lot of awkward experiences where people assumed that I knew the rules already, kind of didn't really explain anything, or how to even use Roll20. Um, and kind of got disheartened. I thought, well, maybe this isn't for me. Uh, and I reached out to, uh, the Mythic Mountains. I think it was under a different name at the time. It was Kentucky something. But, uh, I found this, uh, this group of people who looked to be, like, actually, like, two hours, three hours away from me. So, possibly real-life interaction in the future, you know? I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and see these guys. And, And, yeah, we, uh... We played a session and I found out that you know, I really liked d I think I liked the whole idea of being inside someone else's imagination at the same time and this like whole thing and uh, eventually I built up the courage after playing with you all and getting to know you all so well that I wanted to share these uh, ideas I had in this this world that I had made um, and, I, and I ran my first campaign. I think it was like a year ago now or two years ago now. I don't know. It was a while ago.
1: My, my brother, that was like three years ago. <laughs> it's,
0: it's been a while, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, it'll be coming up on, we're hitting the fourth year when you come into, well, yeah, it's been three years uh, and some change. Uh, I ran the first campaign we did together in 2020 with two different groups and uh that one ran for three months and then we started another campaign in the winter Um, and you started as soon as i went back to training in the summer so as soon as you finished the first campaign in the spring after three months you said hey i want to do like a pirate campaign and uh and there were uh one two three four four of us And we did that campaign for, I think, nine months. I think it was. Yeah, it was a doozy. Until that next spring. It was a big one. Yeah. Went to like level 12 or something. That was Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition.
0: Right. Yeah, because that's the only thing I knew at the time. It's kind of one of those things like you don't really know what else exists because you only know what's public. You only know what's popular, you know. And I think think your uh, example that you've given. Is so apt of like, it's just this is Mc- equivalent of McDonald's. Like, if you're hungry, you want to go to eat. It's like, well, McDonald's is available, and everybody knows McDonald's, and everyone knows what to order on McDonald's. Like, that's like that's the thing about McDonald's. Is it's, it's it's everywhere, and everybody's familiar with it. And that's what Fifth Edition was for right. RPGs to me. It was very everywhere and easy to pick up and, and not complicated at all. Well, I guess it could be complicated, but it's fairly simple to get a hang of. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I had a vague sense at the time uh, when I started running it. The first time I tried in 2015, I just grabbed a player's handbook. Actually, come to think of it, I had the player's handbook in 2015, and then it didn't fit what I wanted, and I had to use a fourth edition handbook, which was still pretty readily available because I wanted someone to play a Doom Guide, uh, a, um, uh, a a Knight of Kelimvor which would appear in a, as an NPC later. But anyways, uh, a friend of mine played a Doom Guide, and that's not in 5th edition, it was in 4th edition. And so I, I like bashed that the first time I ever ran the game, ever, because I wanted the story, I didn't care about. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care what the book says, you know? Um, but anyways, uh, then I started running it, sincerely, like in 2018, and um, I bought it. Like I bought the the box set that I still have the the big three the big three uh, collectors edition books, and I mean, I had this vague sense that there were a bunch of other editions, but I thought, you know, like if you're going to get an iPhone and the iPhone 10 is out right now or 12 or whatever, you, you don't want an iPhone 4, <laughs> you know? Like I I, I just you know yeah. like I don't know. I, mean, I have right? an iPhone 7. Just Why?
0: say it. It works fine. Oh,
1: sorry about that, oh, man.
0: It works uh, fine, thank mind. you. I'm
1: too actually. I'm too embarrassed to show you my iPhone. Speaking of walled gardens, here we are, all <laughs> with iPhones. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I, I, you know, the the idea. If I'd went back in time and said, Ross, you you need to use the 1981 version of this game, I would just look at him like. Like a, they were a unicorn or something. Like, what is what? What? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: But, I, I, anyways. i sorry, I was just to say, I, I think that's kind of what I was for a long time. When I mean, you're like, hey, I know we've been playing a lot of Ivy, but can we do something else? Anything else? Literally anything? And I, I think I was probably one of the most adamant about, like, but we don't need anything else. We have our RPG. This is RPG. You know, like, this is what it is. Uh, yeah, I, I think I had. You
1: know, an interesting one. You mentioned End games, Star Wars, and that was probably one of the big points for me. Where like I was running five e with you guys, and that, and and I was so excited about that RPG actually because I play. I ran uh, like a Knights of the Old Republic thing in the summer. It was like called Dads of the Re- Dads of the Old Republic. I don't know if you remember that because mm. it was you and a bunch of other dads. Yep. And um, I was really excited about West End Games D6, and no one would play it, and we played Star Wars 5B,
0: <laughs> which was fine,
1: but, um, but that died. was actually the beginning of that.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, you don't remember that? Got lasered to death. No, I it, was, it was like one of my first answer. character deaths. Was laser beams. I, I think, like I said, like I want to go stand over here, and you're like, okay. Did not have any idea that I was out in the open. Just got lasered to death. Died in a oh, wow. glorious laser death. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, the other group had a TPK, because I don't count Thomas's character as this Wookiee. It was so it, it was so ridiculous. They um, they were all Jedi Padawans, which if you know that game, Padawans can do essentially nothing at all. And um, they just ran into the room, and a bunch of people killed them. And then this Wookiee was just like, Ooh, like moaning like in 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 you know in misery as it's, as as his friends were being mowed down. Boy, big sad. Mm-hmm. But I had fun with that game, and I was like, man, I want to do something more. I want to do, like, a campaign with this game. I want to get in, get deep into this, and because and, I, I really like Star Wars, too. And, um, yeah, that was actually one of the first ones where I was really like, man, I really want to learn more about this. But, um, okay, so uh, you came in online, and um, you played with a few groups. You played with us. Um, and then three months later, we finish a campaign. These two groups come together. We have this finale. It's a three and a half month campaign. It ends at level five. And you're like, I want to run something. You run some, start running something at the end of the summer. We start running that game. Uh, that was three years ago. So pandemic is over. Why, why still play RPGs?
0: That's a great question. I think it comes down to a few things. Uh, first of all, I fell in love with them. <laughs> I think that's pretty easy to say, but
1: um, why do you th- what do you think you did? Why do you think you fell in love with them?
0: I think I I think there's the doorway between reality and and gaming. Whenever I have built those friendships, you now I said it's a big social thing for me. to Go out and game with people, but uh, like once you build those friendships, like that's that's what you keep coming back for, right? Those, you, like, you know, I really don't care about Magic's new block, I don't really care, but to play with Timmy again, you know, that's great. It's kind of like that, but it's much deeper with uh, RPGs because you get those you get those rich story moments, you get those character moments that just stick with you for a long time, and it's like, man, that was great. Like, I love this about you, specifically, because you bring this to the table. And like, each of players in the discord that we play with have these distinct things about them, these quirkinesses that's like i want that at my table i want that little spice that you bring added to the table you know and that that's kind of the doorway to it and then rpgs you know there's something something elemental about them something that uh, cuts deep and like that's what you keep going back for and in it's not like lightning in a bottle they can always catch it you know you can't always put a label on it and define what it is um, it's they're complex and and some yeah and sometimes you try to, to bottle it up and it doesn't work out and spills everywhere and people don't have a good yeah. time and i think that's one thing too is it's uh, bad experiences playing a war game it's like you're salty and you never want to look at that person again but a bad experience in an rpg you just maybe you need some safety tools or maybe you just need to try a different game uh, but like, or maybe you just that single encounter wasn't how you wanted it to be, and that's okay. Because it's
1: like a journey that you take together,
0: right? So you you both had a bad journey, so you want to like
1: overcome that mountain instead of, you know, it's not something where you're against that person. Uh, yeah, I, I've noticed that lately. Like, there's this strange law um, at work that I don't understand. I've mentioned this before, where I've had these games where. Um, like, I, I probably put like 100 hours of preparation and work into the follow on to the Veil campaign. And we had a great time. Uh, and that ran for 14 months. So obviously, we had a good time. But I did, I used maybe a fraction of that prep. And I, it, it, it wasn't anything that I had prepped for. I could have just not prepped and really ended up with the same campaign um and then there was a there been these campaigns like um i'm running this Gygaxian gaxian super hardcore original dnd um swords and wizardry game every monday night and they're with a group of complete strangers they were a year and a half ago and uh i was just like hey y'all um i don't want to really prep that much so i bought i bought rapanothic this mega dungeon book and i'll just do that and uh here are the conventions for it i'm not gonna like kind of exit that and it's it like now we're all like really close friends and (laughs) and like we've played together every single week for a year and a half it's crazy and then there's a the dungeon crawl classics game same thing complete strangers you know and i was i was literally like hey i'm sorry i don't even have a game for you i don't even know i have no what do you want to do i want to play dungeon crawl classics but I, and I don't want to have to prep that much. It's funny because I told both of these groups that. And um, they wanted to go linearly through the modules that Goodman Games... The, the kind of big hits that they've made. Mm-hmm. And to this day, like it's uh, for all of us... One of the most memorable campaigns we've ever had. And there's this weird law at work... Where there is that lightning in a bottle. There's this magic. And it makes me think of like Professor Dungeon Master um he calls it he says that tabletop role-playing games are like they're like communion there's this synergy of like cheetos and esprit de corps (laughs) and hanging out with your friends and something just comes together in that vortex and uh and it's like this spiritual thing and it's deeply therapeutic for for people that comes out of it it's it's really cool
0: yeah, but I think it's one of those things that if you try to force that, it it comes off as forced. I think it's kind of kind of maybe that's what it is. I, I think that's something that I struggle with too. Is I think most of my games tend to be like kind of melodramatic, and uh, and I and I kind of get into uh, using a lot of silly voices and stuff, and maybe like pushing games in a way that I think is interesting that the whole table may not be interested in. And I think that's something that I'm kind of self aware of. And It is lightning in a bottle and it is like these super rich, cathartic moments, but it's not all that. It's also memes. It's also just giggling with friends and rolling some dice because at the end of the day we're all just humans that want to uh, have fun (laughs) and that's why we're here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it is. it's like more than fun, but fun is a vehicle for whatever that is. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, it's a special thing that comes out of it. And sometimes you might aim for silly and end up with super serious, like that meme with the the clown bog, you know. And oh yeah. It's like ah, oh, I made a pie throwing bog and then by the end at level twenty, he's like, "Get out of here now! The lich is coming!" You know, and he's like the guy was sacrificing his life, and and that sort of thing happens too or you'll try to start with something serious and um, there is this like expectation thing it's an interesting relationship between um, different elements of the table because like you said it's like everybody has this spiciness that they bring um, and, but they also have uh, needs and we're all just trying mm-hmm. to connect we're connecting with one another and uh, sometimes those connections like they don't, they don't work for one part of that, that puzzle, you know, and they, and in a totally different game, maybe even with the same people, it would have worked perfectly. And I, I've had that experience recently with games where I put a lot of work into the game. And, um, I, 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 wanted a certain type of game. Um, and I expressed that and, and there were people that they came and they tried it out and it just wasn't, it just wasn't for them. You know, and that that happens too, I, and I feel like that's the best basis to try to interact on when you have like this journey up this role-playing game mountain together, and then you find that it's just not working. That you can you can say, you know, um, maybe not this game, but maybe the next game, um, and and maybe maybe the thing is to like be open for that whatever that magic is i don't know right. i don't know how to do that yeah i don't know either well since uh since i said now i don't know how to do that what's your advice on doing that <laughs>
0: <laughs> good question how do you do that
1: oh. how do you get that magic i i mean i mean because uh, first of all i would say we had that um and we've we've experienced i feel like i feel like you and i have experienced that mm-hmm, definitely and it's, and it's pretty cool yeah yeah um, and I, the the campaigns, the content you've made, like, um, probably my favorite as a player, maybe, is it? Probably is probably my favorite experience as a tabletop role playing game player. And, um, uh, yeah. So I mean, you've done it. So uh, if you, if somebody else is, is at that precipice. Where they're like, I want to come in. or I want to run a game. Uh, what advice would you have for them? Starting with like, who? Someone coming into the game or to the hobby.
0: That's a tough question.
1: I think that is a tough question. Th- that's a tough one, actually. <laughs> when you think about it, I'm glad you said that.
0: Actually. Okay, that's that's is it, my answer You know answer what then? would be cr-
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's. T- we'll just be, you know, kind of like nebulous and diffuse about it like oh that, that is a good question you yeah.
0: no I think if you want to be serious about it uh, my advice to someone who's trying to get into RPGs in general is don't be disheartened if something doesn't work out and uh, and and don't be disheartened if people don't work out uh, sometimes your best friend may not be the best match for you at the table like oh man that yeah. and that sucks sometimes but sometimes they're just they don't get it. Uh, sometimes when you want to play a super horror game inviting your best friend Bob who makes great jokes is probably not the best bet because he's going to maybe and not And that doesn't him. make him a bad it person. does not make him and bad, doesn't bad make. Him, it, it doesn't make him. it doesn't r- lower your friendship and, whatsoever. It just means that And
1: and it might be a perfect match for the next game. Correct. But yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, you can you can maybe he's great in your Cyberpunk game because he contrasts the already juxtaposition of the genre, you know. It's it's one of those things where um, you know, homebrewing is where I get a lot of my joy from. But I think homebrewing is not an easy place to start <laughs> if you want to get into it. I don't think you should start by hacking everything apart. I think just run things by the book, like uh, and you know, test things out. And if things don't work out, just communicate. Actually, that might be the best thing <laughs> to tell a new player is uh, or a new person in general if they want to be a GM or whatever is uh, start your communication skills. Like, start with a conversation. I, right. I talk to your blind face. Like, that's, that's where you go.
1: Like, is there anybody that, like, would say, I don't think I want to communicate? Mm-hmm. Like, so, so, I mean, presumably people want to, right? So, what what is that, like, internal monologue that they're saying that just is not going to escape? I, 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 like, I would say, I had one this week, um, and uh, people might disagree with me hey I've prepared this area on the map I don't want to leave it
0: mm. yeah
1: I'm, and I, I'm a dungeon master like and I, I bought a product and I'm like hey I'll, you know I like this and I don't really want to go somewhere else are you all okay with that because um, that's how I feel that's like one of those like dark feelings as a dungeon master where uh, the modern expectation is like no don't 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 tell them that that'll ruin the
0: yeah that's the the shadows behind the
1: curtain yeah exactly i think that's but but what if they were actually just friends around a table and and you were also part of that you know and you invited them into that process um yeah yeah i mean and and that's and it can also be hard to have that conversation oh definitely
0: yeah i think that's the one thing that uh, like people just have to get used to is like if you're socially awkward maybe start with your friends um but if you wanted to get into rpgs maybe going outside of your friends might be the best bet of having a good time you know it, it's it's one of the things where you have to test things out try the waters a couple times and you know just because you eat one bad burger doesn't mean you don't like burgers and uh keep trying and and man communication like even during a game like like you said, just interrupting game like, Hey guys, uh, I'm uncomfortable with what's going on here. Can we change this? Could save a session or an entire campaign, you know? Um, and afterwards discussions, debriefings of like, hey, is everyone okay with what we just witnessed in that game? That was really intense, you know. Or
1: And obviously nobody's saying you're just gonna do that all the time mm, and be yeah. like for you know, st- I mean but 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 what does happen is What's astonishing is people will not do that. They'll, they'll like not share how they feel and then they'll depart without sharing how they feel. And it will, it, I, I've observed it guide them either away from the hobby or uh, away from, you know, maybe uh, play style or a subculture or um, uh, maybe a, a game. Maybe they have. Uh, a bad experience you know or, or whatever I love that you said that like if you have a bad experience um, yeah don't give up I mean
0: yeah don't don't assume you know the diagnosis just because you know some symptoms too uh, I mean I think that's one thing if you, if you know what the problem is you can get to the root of it but sometimes it's hard to put your finger on what exactly it is because there's a lot of chemistry involved sometimes there's timing involved like maybe you're just not like, maybe you're really excited about horror right now, but everyone else is, just wants to play a light-hearted game, and it's not really oh, time man. for that. You know, like, maybe everyone else is in the mood for something else. And, and yeah. that can even change from session to session, is if you want to, you know, have something break in the tension. You want to have some levity show up, or you just want to, you know, have a moment get really deep all of a sudden. I think it's just a little bit of reading the table and reading the mood, and, and you know, that's part of it, too, is... But there's also, like I said, there's the post-session stuff, and I've I've got a lot of value out of um, surveys, like uh, uh, anon- Not anonymous like- surveys, and especially with the stars and wishes question. I think those have really changed how I feel that about a game went, and like, what what are what are stars and wishes? Okay, so stars and wishes are uh, stars are your favorite moment of a game, and it can be anything from when that guy killed that guy with the rock that was awesome or like oh whenever johnny made that joke that was so hilarious or or, you know whatever the star is that's what you tell him like hey this is my star of the session this is what was great about the session um and that is like so valuable because a you have something to confirm your belief that this person actually did have a good time and you can actually uh you know see that and, and measure that and then you have the added ba- benefit of getting to know the person a little bit better by their answer of oh this person actually likes the blood and gore so we'll go more into that next session or, or this person didn't like that so I'm not going to go into that. Um, but then yeah wishes is not always negative it's actually you know something that wish happened um, helps you play in future games like I wish that we would have actually been able to resolve that conflict with the orcs. Or I wish that we would have got more treasure because it kind of feels like we didn't get enough. And then that helps you as a GM or DM or whatever to get, you know, your next session better tuned and and better ran for next time. And I think that's something that, you know, if you have a problem with your car, take it to the mechanic and get it fixed. But... Uh, if you if you use, have a light on the dashboard tell you what you need fixed, then you can fix it faster, and maybe you can even do it cheaper and more efficiently. It's, it's very similar to RPGs. If, if you can pinpoint what it is that would make your game better, then you can make your game better and more efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, the, um... Because
1: I, I think most... Anytime someone's a game master, they want more information. Usually, mm-hmm. they, you, you don't... A game master doesn't... Typically, in my experience, game masters want more feedback, not less. Um, and a lot of times, players are just vibing. They're just having a good time. And so, so they're like, no, you're doing great. Yeah, always- you like, yeah, but tell me what... You know, tell me what you want. Like, let's talk. And, and sometimes players are just like... Um, no, I, I just uh, I'm you know I'm I'm having a good time. Whatever, I'll do whatever you know. Yeah, I think um, one of the worst then,
0: the questions you can ask is like, "Hey, was that session a good one?" And then they'll just yeah. The, yeah. And that's not beneficial to anybody because it's like okay, but like what was? It, and the more you prod people about it, the, the less they will really want to share because then they start feeling interrogated. And like I don't I don't know what you want to hear from me. I just I just told you it's a good session, you know. It's like I don't, And
1: I think there's like two different. Kind of levels of conversation uh, in my opinion and a lot of times when this stuff gets brought up like the idea of the very idea of within side of a game saying hey I don't like how this feels or I don't like something um, uh, that should to me it's absurd to think of that as a binary Mm -hmm. to think of it as like either you can just do that all the time and interrupt the game or that you're never allowed to do it and get over it this is the game That's crazy to me. Uh, It it just depends on the group and is part of a conversation. And um, that's one of the things... And the players drive this in in the game I run on Monday, the Swords and Wizardry game. But that game is full of conversation about what they like and how they want the game to go. And they're very good about giving positive feedback that's honest. And I feel like I can trust it because they can also talk about things that they don't like and they can they can guide that and i never feel uh it's something where we're doing it together as a group and so i think that kind of conversation works good with just about anything and i think maybe part of that is uh, also the modern expectation of, of dungeon masters i i was talking to my friend birdie about this the other day like what other hobby is like this where the referee of the game. Like imagine if you had basketball and the referee and is the referee also you, the announcer. Hey, are you
0: having a good time right now? Yeah.
1: And and they're also like the coach and the announcer and the counselor and you know and they're also the uh, the scorekeeper and like and they put the basketballs out. And they set the like and they, they host and they I mean, man. Like, you know, and then the players at a certain point, it's just like, I guess we could just play the game, um, you know, and um, I don't think it has to be that way. Uh, And there's lots of things like that. You don't even have to host. That's the mind blowing thing is like somebody else can do the VTT. Somebody else can host. Somebody else can um,
0: track stuff
1: Um, and like the whole group can do that.
0: Right. I mean, things like initiative, things like music, things like all that stuff that's bonus content. That's that's players, you know, that's, it can, that's another thing too, is you can divvy it up for like who gets excited about what. You know, if you have one really tactile right. person, you can have them be in charge of making sure that everyone has their spell slots down. Because we know that Rosie has a hard time remembering if she has spell slots this prepared or whatever. And then you can help, you can delegate things if it helps your game table, you know.
1: I want to share one, actually, since we're talking about, like, communication tools and safety tools and stuff. Okay. Because I think this one, for me, has been huge lately because there's two layers. Like, on one level, uh, it's okay. It's okay to say, this is a horror game. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, a really horrific experience. But it's important then for that person to say, that doesn't work for me. Now, maybe this is obvious. But in my experience... um, I think it becomes much more important with what we're talking about because you said that you came into the tabletop world from the internet and you were trying to find groups and you were trying to find people you were comfortable with and you'd never done it before and you had some bad experiences so if you're coming at it from that angle uh, there are all sorts of ways to talk about things and there are all sorts of different kinds of people so it's helpful I think especially to be able to say hey, at any time You don't like something about this game and it doesn't work for you, you don't even have to tell me why. You don't even have to explain. So that that to me was a huge thing, sometimes um, uh, the details matter on this because I went back recently, and we won't talk about this right now, but I reread the Cats thing and the source of it. Yeah. And it made way more sense when I dug into the details of it, and I've since used it multiple times to huge effect. And those became really great conversations. Um, but anyways, the open door is not an open door to say come and talk to me. Uh, it's an open door to say you don't have to talk to me. You don't have to share anything you're not comfortable with. You can always just you can always just go, and you won't have any reprisal uh, or anything. You know, you should tell me you're going just so that I can invite someone else in the game, and just so I can prepare and that sort of thing. But that's huge because that kind of addresses those two layers. I think when people talk about it. Uh, and, and you talk about the idea of, hey, this makes me uncomfortable, people think, like, uh, some people think that that's encourages that uh, a disruptive behavior, but that's not true at all. This is in the context of a group where you are having that conversation, which we have games where we do that a lot, mm-hmm. where we're like, hey, let's talk about the game. But if you if you want to have this immersive experience and you try to clearly communicate that, you can also just you know you can also just not consent to and go oh yeah. I don't think this is for me. Yeah, I think that's something that um, and it, both of those are good. Right. That's, <laughs> like neither. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's something that I struggled with when I was getting um, into games, and then I'll sign up for a game with these people, like having a good time, and then I realize oh they're not playing again for three weeks. And then I wait three weeks oh, and then yeah. I'd play with them again, and and I got to the point where it's like, I don't, I got really disengaged in the game because I had to wait so long to play the next session, but I also felt committed, so I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to even go about that. how do you navigate leaving a game? How, how do you even talk yeah, about that? I, yeah. like signing up for games great, but how do you, how do you leave a game? That became a conflict uh, internally, and like I don't even know, is it awkward to talk about it? Do I just say, hey guys, I gotta go, or do I, do I? tell them why I'm leaving and like hey I'm having a great time but I I don't like playing so far apart from each other I understand the schedule works for you guys it doesn't work for me you know how much details do you have to share how much do you not have to share Uh, and and that became more relevant the more games you play and the more reasons uh, you want to step out of the game because you know if you're having a great time but there's one player that you're not jiving with uh, that conversation could be awkward but it can be vital because if you're showing up every week to a game that you're half-heartedly in it ruins it for everyone else like I, it may be something that you're you think you're hiding well but it, it's it, it shows like it's gonna it's gonna affect that lightning in the bottle it's gonna affect that mood at the table whenever it's your turn like I uh, swing at that guy I,
1: I, I think those are very valid feelings to have is like how do you even uh, and again we're talking about people that are new mm-hmm. like that are coming in especially on the internet uh, which is perilous, frankly. So these things—these are we're things talking about. It's dangerous frontier. I mean, yeah, they can be. Yeah. So, um, uh, th- I think it's these are valid feelings to say. Well, how do I even exit this situation? And what is appropriate? What do I have to say? Now, I would like to actually definitively answer that. Mm. I feel uh, if anybody is entering the hobby and they're coming in to try to, and they're going to a game store or. A organized play club or they're online and they're going to play with strangers you should say I- I'm leaving the game and thank you now this is why I want to say that definitively what you in my opinion if you're coming into a game from the outside and you're new you never ever have to explain and if someone tries to demand an explanation I don't feel like that is healthy yeah. And I think it's okay for, it's a complete answer, and it's a healthy answer to say, I'm, I'm just leaving the game. I would also say, you should tell someone. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things. That uh, So just being like, um, you know, not showing up at all and not saying anything. is not something someone should do because maybe someone else would get to play. Or maybe they would be able to arrange things. Maybe they are preparing, you know, depending on the game. Maybe something's prepared specifically with you in mind. Maybe you fit a specific role, depending on whatever experience in the game is. Uh, so you should always tell someone. But you never have to explain yourself. If you feel comfortable explaining, then that's okay. But you should never feel like you have to. You know. So, anyways, I just think that's
0: important. Oh, I definitely think that's important, and I think it gets into, you know, as you're saying, it like, is. It is vital to say something like as you're leaving, because if you do a typical online thing of just, I'm not having a good time here. I'm going to nope out of the situation. I'm just going to ghost. It's you. not an MMO. It's not a, it's not yeah, a video game. You care. can't just ghost people and expect there not to be bad feelings. I think that's the thing. Is like If you are worried about bad feelings, just make some acknowledgement before you click offline. It, it, especially if you have been thinking about it for some time. Or, or even if we're, you haven't think about it for some reason. you just realize like I'm not gonna be able to be there Tuesday, and you know what? I'm, I think I'm just gonna dip out of this game. And just say something, because people are people, and we have feelings. <laughs> and like I, I think I think uh, just saying, "Hey guys, I'm I'm not gonna be in this game anymore," is enough. But that's that's crucial. Exactly. That's, that's very well. Put but that's it. crucial when six months later you want to come back, because if you just left without even saying that, then. And it's like I thought you died, man. Like I don't know where you were. You just left yeah. and didn't come back. Like, and that that can cause some negative feelings and and, and not be a good situation. So, just it's like yeah. being being as honest as you can be and being as uh, open as you can be is important. But you know, a bare minimum is just just saying I'm I'm leaving. Just, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be there Tuesday or or I'm not going to continue yep. to play this game. Like that that's that's yeah.
1: And you know, nominally, it may be hey, um, I, like right now, and I tell people I have health issues, which is part of why I play a lot of tabletop role playing games uh, because I'm disabled and I have a lot of health issues. But that's an example of something that you never feel like you should never feel like you have to share. You never have to provide that. You never, you know, it's okay just to say this isn't working for me right now. But, anyways, that's a great way to put that. And we went real deep, we went like down into deep waters there. So let's like exit the deep waters and let's climb back up. What is something coming up in the role-playing game world that you're really excited about?
0: Oh, man. Um, Kyle Latino's Kickstarter for Monstrous. That. I don't know any... What is that? Okay. I don't know so, anything about that. So, Kyle Latino, uh, they have a podcast, uh, which the name of which I can't... Oh, Splatbook. That's what it is, Splatbook. It's about everything you love, so art, literature, RPGs, video games, whatever they are interested in, that's what they're talking about. That's why it's called Splatbook. Um, but they have this podcast. He has a, a YouTube channel called Map Crow. Uh, this, he's a very talented artist and a professor of arts. Uh, he has made a Kickstarter book for monsters, alright, and it's just art, art that he's done for monsters, and these beautiful pieces of art, and he's had this very talented writer, Kenny, uh, write up, like, lore about them, like, like, these, they're basically, like, everything but a stat block for a monster, and it's like these, these juicy, tasty nuggets of, 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 i don't know what what Brunheimer would call like the limbic system like this is just, like all natural like i know what this is but i don't know what to call it kind of things and, wow. and, and, yeah. and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and and i i wish i would have backed it sooner i wish i would have got like the retailer just so i could have multiple copies oh, and, wow. and, and hover over them but um yeah that book alone has me really excited um but yeah i think i'm I think I'm a little out of the loop of what like what's coming up down the line. I think I'm a little disconnected there, but that's okay because I know you will have my back there, and you'd be like, "Hey, look what came out." Oh, I'm sorry. Be like, "Yes, let's go." Yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm kind of kind of into it. You might you might say things got a little serious with the RPGs for me. I'm kind of that's a really good kid. Kind of into RPGs. I'm really good at that <laughs> kid impression. Uh, yeah. Um. I'll pick one. I have a bunch. Okay, no. I'm going to pick one. Oh, man. And it's tomorrow. I'm so excited about it. Let me tell you about it. And it relates to your uh, free league with the D6s. So tomorrow, Mutant Year Zero. And um, I have been looking forward to this. I'm so excited about it. Uh, it does have mechanics like that. Like I'm excited about like the the crunchiness of it where you have the dice pool. Um And you have, I can't remember what it's called, but there's this pervasive muck that you encounter uh, in the the wasteland that represents radiation and sickness. It represents all of it, and it starts taking away your health naturally over time. And uh, it's also a kind of collaborative story kind of game, which I haven't gotten to do in a long time. Uh, I you know me. I love the old school Renaissance. Like I, I'm, I'm like nuts about it. But I also love story games, and I haven't gotten to do one. And to me, a huge difference that's just like mind blowing uh, is in in story games, and this one in particular. You don't ask permission to do a skill check. Mm-hmm. You just do it. Yeah. Because you as you as the player are invested with the same authority as the game master. Now you're doing something like monster of the week or blades in the dark or something like that and you're the game master you might say well wait you know instead of doing that skill check you already know this you know maybe maybe you have something more to offer where they won't have to cuz you know something about the world but otherwise they have it's this conversation which is a totally different way to approach the game and i'm also excited because you build your own post apocalyptic fortress together and you populate it and it becomes a character in the game that's shared by the whole group. And the whole, and the game is about going out and trying to scavenge stuff. And survive and deal with stuff that comes up in the politics of your wasteland fortress. And then coming back and trying to build up your fortress. Uh, so there's this gamey part to that. Oh man, I'm so pumped about it. I'm excited about the artwork. And everybody's a mutant. And I think somebody has Hypnotoad Eyes... That's one thing where I was like, let's just go for it. The book says that you should oh. always roll for your mutation. I understand why. And then I was like, no. Mm. Just make up something. Make up the craziest thing. So, like, already scumbags, like, I want hypnotoad eyes and I want frog legs. And I was like, you got it.
0: Now I and now uh, I know
1: why I'm not in that game. Why? Because the guess I would come up with, you'd be like,
0: but why, Jake? Do you have to?
1: No, no, I... I, are you kidding me? Sean's in that game. Oh really? Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I <I'm> feel like <laughs>
0: we all know Sean. We all know yeah. how that goes. was. So uh, I feel like I could follow that for sure. Yeah,
1: it's. Uh, hey, Sean, I, I
0: love you. If you hear this.
1: Yeah, I love you, Sean. Uh, super pumped about that tomorrow. Um, and uh, yeah, anyways, that's my big upcoming teacher thing i'm excited about if people wanted to find you and they wanted to ask about stars and wishes if they want to ask about your experience if they wanted to ask about what it was like coming into the hobby or like being a war gamer and making that transition and uh, if they want to talk about star wars west end games d6 um, and kit bashing and home brewing and everything where would they have that conversation with me?
0: Uh, that'd probably be in the Mythic Mountains Discord. Uh, Mythic Mountains Discord. My name's Noxious Bones. Uh, I'm there, like all the time. If I'm not posting, I'm just lurking. But yeah, that that Discord is a daily, a daily uh, ritual, and uh, I'm not gonna change that. So if you need to contact me, you can give me there.
1: Yeah, I feel like you're like the, for me at least. If I want to talk about art, and I want to talk about kit bashing and homebrewing and stuff like that i'm gonna to go to that section of the tavern that's where jake's gonna to be too and that's you know yeah i'm not as much into homebrewing and, and kit bashing and art and stuff like that but if if i got those questions i'm 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 oftentimes like oh, i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask jake about that yeah. i'm the same deal ross also known as mythic mountains or mythic m in the server i'll put the link to the discord server in the description you can also find me on Twitter, on Reddit, on Facebook. On Facebook, it's a in-person focused Central Kentucky play club, whereas the Discord is for international, and we have people all over the world that play with us. Um, we have games together in the server weekly. We have, uh, I think, over a dozen games, sometimes two games a day, and many of them are recruiting players, and they're open. And... Um, uh, you are welcome to join us and come and talk to us. And I'll put all that information in the description.
0: Yeah, I hope you've enjoyed your time here at the Cozy Crow.
1: Oh, yeah, the Cozy Crow. Yeah, I'm over here and, stoking uh, the
0: fire for other players, getting them awesome. getting pumped up and excited about
1: it. Yeah, cool. Well, and uh, yeah, have, uh, have a great night.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
1: Mythic Mountain's RPG is a private online play club that focuses on folk RPGs. Folk RPGs are the games that belong to all of us. They're what actually happens at a table between friends. It's their voice that has the authority of what is fun and what works for them. Weekly, we upload our games to allow others to sit in with us. The channel isn't monetized. We don't own the artwork, music, software, or games shown in these actual plays, and you can find links to their authors in the description. Like, subscribe, and share if you wish, or don't. Just like games in person, you're welcome to pull up a chair, sit in, and watch some of our games. No performances, no fancy equipment, just regular people playing folk, pencil and paper role-playing games, and having a good time. We hope these games will prove a source of enjoyment to anyone just wanting to listen in, anyone looking for examples of how actual groups run and play folk RPGs, and most importantly, if you haven't found your group yet, you're welcome here cars